another episode of NBA Geekly, uh, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What is up, Nick? I am here to talk some b-ball. Indeed, sir. Um, full disclosure, uh, Joel's driving in a car, so you might hear, uh, you know, some wind. Honking. Uh, you know, some, some, some of the elements, uh, that, that, uh, seep into this podcast, but, uh, but we had to do it a little bit earlier tonight because, uh, we both got, uh, fucking games we want to watch, uh, tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fucking really excited for this, uh, Sixers Celtics game. Comes on at 7.30. I'm super fucking Woo! pumped. You got your Knicks. Who are your Knicks playing tonight? Spurs. Ooh. That's gonna be a tough one, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was, I was hoping it was gonna be like a, you know, like Charlotte or something. Be like, get you hyped. Um, no. Yeah, Spurs gonna be. Man. Yeah, like that's that's never one you want to fucking start your fucking season with for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm super pumped. Um, I did want to ask you before we jumped into our topic. Um, like, what are you, what are you most looking forward to seeing tonight out of your Knicks? Cohesion. <laughs> like, ah, uh, like, consi- like you know, yeah, well, consistent defense is really what I'm looking for. Cause they showed moments throughout the preseason that they could defend. And especially tonight, cause Mitchell Robinson is not going to be there tonight cause he twisted his ankle. So he's not going to be available Ooh. tonight. So I want to see how they hold up defensively. Uh, against the Spurs team that definitely has probably the best teamwork in the league it usually goes to the Spurs. Um, so going up against DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge game one, the West, um, I still don't know how, if the Spurs will be a playoff team, but they'll definitely probably fight for an eighth, for the eighth or seventh spot in, in the West. And um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But I think this is a good start for us. Because I, I am excited to see what we can do. I, I, I don't even know what the starting lineup for our, our team is yet. You know, he hasn't decided who the point guard is going to be. It was Mitch out who's going to start at center. So it's 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 a lot of a lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Do you I just? I don't think I ever got your predictions for the West. Do you do you have the Spurs making the playoffs, or do you have them just missing? <laughs> Uh, I well, that might have changed with with the idea. I'm not depending on how uh, Zion's health holds up because I had I had the Pelicans making an eighth seed, you know, and then I had probably yeah. Spurs falling out of it, I think at the with the ninth seed. Ooh. But it really gotcha. depends. It is it really depends on the health. Yeah, I'm not sure if the Spurs are going to make it this year. Honestly, I mean, I, there's always a chance. I never like to count them out. Um, because what they went 22, 22 seasons in a row. Uh, so let's yeah. not start now, right? Uh, so there's right. a good chance they still make it. Uh, but I liked what I've seen out of the Pelicans, even without Zion. So who yeah. knows? And we'll, really we'll depends, get into that you know? for sure. Yeah, that's why. I mean, but I, I'm not going to count them out yet, but at the same time, I I, I think they're going to be fighting for, like, a lower seed in the West. Yeah, I mean, I I got them making it. I got them, and I had them making it even before the Zion thing. I ended up bumping the Lakers back into it. So, like, I guess everyone can just disregard my bold-ass pick from two podcasts ago (laughs) (laughs) where I said the Lakers wouldn't make the playoffs. Um, You know, like, I I, I, 
and and you as my witness uh, and everybody uh, who, who participates on this podcast uh, knows that you know I I, I, uh, I changed my pick before any of the games started last night. Not that it would really matter. I mean, um, the 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 yeah, sure the Pels lost, but they looked competitive, and the Lakers looked less competitive. Um, but yeah, I, I did have to I did have to put the Lakers back in there, but I still only got them at seven. I don't think they're going to be as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I uh, if for me, what I'm most looking forward to uh, from the Sixers tonight, I want to see how they play when Embiid's off the court um, because that's been one of their biggest struggles just, like, throughout, uh, like, the last couple seasons. Like, when Embiid's not on the court, they can't, they can't fucking, like, operate. They can't get shit done. Well, they brought in Al Horford. Um, Matisse Thibel, uh looks fucking badass. Um, so, like, I want to see what this, like, what this unit of, like, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel at the two, Josh Richardson at the three, Tobias at the four, and Al at the five looks like when, you know, Embiid's getting some rest. I want to see at least five minutes of that unit tonight. Because um, I want to get an idea of like what they got going on here, and I really do hope. I hope that um, uh, Brett Brown takes a page out of Alvin Gentry's book and says, "I'm going to use this first game and not focus too much on on the results of the game, but like try to run a lot of different lineups, a lot of different like units, um, and and see what." what kind of gels and works and you know we'll use the first couple games of the season to try and do that and then we'll we'll you know I'll I'll have a better idea of what I think works going forward um I actually really like that uh he he did that last night he played uh 12 different guys like pretty big minutes um last night and I think that's smart especially for a team uh like the Pels uh, that you know they have so many fucking NBA players. Like a lot of these teams have seven, eight NBA players, and then you know some fucking G leaguers basically. Um, and not this Pels team. They got a lot of good fucking players, and he played them all. Um, and he played them all reasonable minutes. Um, so like it, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, what the Sixers do tonight against the Celtics. Um, especially when it beats up the court, so I'm I'm interested, very interested in that. But um, but anyway, let's get into opening night. Uh, let's get in. Um, so I've got five takeaways from opening night. Uh, there are four um, kind of devoted to each of the four teams that participated, and then just one random one. Um, Joel, feel free to uh, elaborate uh, on any sort of takes that you might have. Um, as it pertains to uh, each team, um, you know, within within any given, uh, you know, uh, position. Um, all right. Uh, okay. First take. First takeaway. Uh, for the Toronto Raptors, Pascal Siakam, he might be an Eastern Conference All Star starter. Um, oh my god! Dude, he looks so good. Fucking, he looked fucking great. He had 34 points. Uh, I don't even remember how many rebounds he had, um, but he had a bunch of those too. I, I know he had five assists. 
what's that? I think it was 18 rebounds. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. He had five assists. Um, and, like, dude, he just, Beast. like, his spin move is fucking sick. Like, it, it it's unfucking believable how good he looks. Um, and, you know, like. How fast he's done it. <laughs> oh, right. Crazy. Yeah, that too. Um, and, like, I, dude, I just, I'm, like, baffled. Uh, I, I guess baffled's not the right word because we all knew he was good after last season. But, like, just to come right. out, like, that strong that early and just be like, yo, like, I'm going to earn this max contract. And, like, he came out, like, just fucking swinging. Um, I, I like a lot of what the Raptors uh, did in general. Um, him obviously being, like, the big thing. But also, OG, man. OG, like, everybody kind of forgot about him because he was hurt for so much last year. He looked good. Like, I, I really liked um, – yeah, I like uh, I liked his defensive effort. Um, he had a couple plays uh, where where he kind of created for himself. Um, he had a, a couple big jump shots that I thought looked good. Obviously, Van Vliet looked fucking great. I thought it was interesting yeah. that they kind of ran this two point guard lineup. Um, yeah, that, uh, they, they, they you know. Yeah, and like I kind of like it because honestly, I think even Ben Vliet being a little undersized, I still think he's a better defender than Norman Powell. So you know, like you have these Sadly. these two undersized guards, but they're both really good at defense. You know what I mean? Like both he and Lowry are both really fucking good at defense. By the way, I hope Juwan's not in the car with you yet. Um, you know, not yet. <laughs> for. Okay, good. So we can we can uh, sing sing our praises for Lowry. Uh, he looked great too. Um, all these guys look solid. Um, I I thought he got uh, the rings, man. <laughs> yeah, man, they were hyped. Uh, I do think it, it is interesting. I do wonder what like their depth is going to be like this season because obviously, um, like losing Kawhi um, and not really having any sort of viable way to um, replace. Uh, not just a player of that caliber, obviously, but, like, replace, like, the kind of depth. So, like, what kind of minutes are we going to be looking at for Stanley Johnson this year? Um, uh, uh, the, the fuck, what's his name? The dude they got from the Nets. Um, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Um, you know, those kind of guys. Like, what are they going to be looking at? That'll be interesting. Um, Terrence Davis uh, played a little bit. Uh, he looked okay. Um but yeah, I mean, I think overall, Siakam looks fucking terrific. I think I had them at the seven seed. I think, yeah, uh, like it, it, like just, and I know this like punch drunk, like one game, like kind of reaction. But like just off of one game, like seeing them play, I think I probably have them rated a little lower than what they'll end up finishing. I think they'll end up finishing like more like four or five. Um, but uh, but yeah. I, I, yeah, well, yeah, of course we will. Uh, but, uh, dude, fucking great. Uh, anything you want to add to that? Regarding the Toronto Raptors, no, they looked good. They really did. Uh, the, the Bane guys came to play. Um, Siakam looks like a fucking beast. Is it possible to get most improved player again the second year in a row? He goes from, like, <laughs> from bench player to starter, from starter to all-star. Like, I mean, it's possible. This kid... I mean, after last night, you know, I'm impressed with what I've seen out of Siakam. Obviously, he has to keep it up for the rest of the season, but 
good start so far for Pascal. Uh, the double point guard lineup worked out really well with, uh, with Kyle Lowry and, and Van Vliet. Um, they played an interesting rotation. OG played well. Marcus Gasol really didn't do nothing, at least um, statistically he didn't do much. <laughs> like, I didn't really get uh, to see a lot of the game, so I can't tell you if he how, how much of an impact he had defensively, but he didn't put up a lot of numbers. His numbers are kind of like, meh. I, I figured I'd see more out of Mark, but he's probably fucking still drained from this summer. <laughs> he's had a long summer. Um, had a long year. Uh, then you got Serge. Right. Serge looks good. Uh, Powell got his minutes, and of course they played. Uh, what was that? Was his name Karen Davis? Weird yeah. kid. Uh, not weird. I just I've never heard of him, and, and you know he's getting minutes. Uh, again, never, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then like I guess this guy was hurt. McCall. Patrick McCall. Oh yeah. He's in the rotation. Yeah. Pat McCall's supposed to be in the rotation. I don't know, but I man, I remember before the season started, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson kind of got called out by the coach for not trying hard enough. So I don't know where they are in the rotation right now. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I, I, I like what I've seen so far out of the Raptors. And um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Siakam has a chance to be an all-star. Good for him. Yeah, and like I said, not just all-star. I legit think he has a chance to be a starter. Like, if you think about it, if, uh, like, let's we'll not see. include injuries. Like, let's just say, like, everybody in the East is going to be healthy. Um, then right. I think Embiid is a lock, and I think Giannis is a lock. And then I think that other spot is wide open. Um, like, I mean, I, I could definitely see Blake Griffin making a play for it. Um, but, like, yeah. I, you know, I mean, he's he's obviously, I mean, I, I don't think we can, obviously we can't discount injuries that have already happened. Um, and we'll, we'll get right. to, um, you know, that significance. Uh, later on in the podcast, but but like, dude, I I just don't I don't see a third forward out there, um, quote unquote forward since centers are forwards now, uh, as it pertains to uh, all star voting. Um, I, like I don't I don't see a third forward that's that's out there that's gonna like that that is just a lock. Like I don't I don't see it. Um, I, I, and and even. And even to that point, like, there are some guys that, like, we don't know what what they're going to necessarily – like, take a guy like Jimmy Butler. He could have a fucking great year and just come out firing and everything. But, like, Jimmy Butler, like, half the time they call him a shooting guard, half the time they call him a small forward. Like, who the fuck knows, you know? Like, I feel like he's one yeah. of those guys who can float either direction. Especially in um, – because right now right, they, got, exactly. they got him starting – Duncan Robinson has been starting at small four, so it's like I, I don't know what they're doing over there. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, well, and obviously they had the the issue with James Johnson not showing up uh, in shape, and so they had to like basically send him like to be like go get in shape. Um, but yep. yeah, yeah like, so I, I, <laughs> right, exactly, and that and like that's the thing. Like I think if you look at this team, I think Jimmy Butler will be more of a shooting guard on this team. Um, simply because they they kind of uh, if you if you're putting the best best rosters out there, um, it probably calls for him to play shooting guard, it, unless you're going to play hero uh, as a starter, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they'll bring him off the bench. So um, so yeah, I, mean, I just I don't know unless I'm missing somebody, uh, which I I guess I very well could be, uh, but I mean I don't I don't see anybody who's who's like a lock 
like the way that Giannis and Embiid are, um, like over Siakam. I just don't see it. So. Yeah, no, um, I don't think, no, I don't think there's any specific locks. No. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I, I totally think. I mean, if, if this first game was any indication, if he plays like this all fucking season, uh, yeah, he, he's gonna be a fucking starter. Um, but all right, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about the Pels a little bit. Um, my big takeaway for them, they're going to be just fine. Even without Zion to begin the season, I still think they're a fringe playoff team. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, Nicola Melli, like that motherfucker, that motherfucker. Like I, like I had heard a little bit of buzz about him like earlier and I didn't really watch much preseason. I don't think I caught any of the Pels preseason. Um, and, uh, like this, this cat is just out here draining threes. I think you what he was at one point like four of four from three point range. Yeah. Um like just fuck like Yeah. Um and, and like looks competent as far as like just a, an NBA player. Like there's a lot of guys out there who can shoot but like can't do all the other little things and so like they get picked mm-hmm. apart. He doesn't necessarily look like that. Um at least he didn't in this game. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, I mean, I thought Reddick looked really rusty early. Like, he had a couple of traveling calls and, like, some other uh, – I think he had, like, a couple fouls that were, like, he just shouldn't have committed. But he did shoot well. Um, and I think he's going to have to work himself into this offense. You know, like, same thing he had to do with Philly. He didn't – like, he didn't start out – like just firing on all cylinders with Philly, they had to work him in and work those like pin down screens and those motions. Um, I think they'll have a great opportunity to do that. I really like Lonzo's um, like the the way that he's um, I guess critiqued his shot formation. Um, like it still looks a little funny, but it doesn't look like a like a fucking Josh Childress shot circa 2006. Like they, they're just like, what the bad. fuck is that? Like it's just it's like it's not that ugly anymore. Um, no. And he was certainly not lacking in confidence in taking them. Um, like bad. I, I think this, I think the team is really deep. Um, I think the fact that like uh, so much, so many teams have like kind of converted to this, um, this sort of uh, the like most teams will have like a big man, um, but, like, as far as, like, the forward positions, like, a lot of teams are out there playing two, quote-unquote, small forwards instead of, you know, yeah. traditional power forwards. And um, playing so now three wings, one big, and one guard. That's traditionally now how the NBA is played. That's exactly. Three so, wings. That's all of right. Yeah. So, right. So with that, uh, you know, there's only a handful of teams out there that you're really going to have to worry about with Brandon Ingram playing the four. Like, it's not that detrimental. And, like, it, it, of course it sucks losing Zion because you do lose that advantage of having that bigger dude at the four. Um, yeah, but, power. Like what you, right, but what you gain with it is J.J. shooting because um, he's, you know, implemented into the starting lineup. Uh, and, you know, like we talked about early on, uh, you know, when we were talking about the Pelicans earlier this season, 
Um, because Lonzo is six foot six, like he is such a versatile defender, and because Drew Holiday has like I don't know, like a seven foot wingspan. He's only six four, but he's got like a seven foot wingspan. Um, like right. he's versatile. So you have these two guards who can really guard up very well. Um, yeah. So like it, it doesn't necessarily hurt you to play a three guard lineup with Reddick in there, um, and like you slide Ingram to the four, and then obviously you play Favors at the five, um, and just th- their depth. Uh, and I think, too, I, I like Alvin Gentry. I, I like, again, like I said earlier, I like how he coached this team out the gate. I like a lot of what I'm seeing from them. I, I, I think even, even without Zion for the first six to eight weeks, um, which obviously sucks. Like, I totally wish we got to see this game with Zion. Um, but even without him, we're, you know, to start the season, uh, I still think they're going to be pretty good. I want to see them against better teams, like uh, you know, eventually first, um, because I think they've proven that they they could be a decent team with the squad they got. But if they could play well against good teams with this current squad, imagine what they could do when they get Zion back. So that's in my that's in my opinion. That's that's what I want to see out of them going forward. Because um, right now the Raptors look good, but they're, they're, they are what they are. They're not going to – I don't think the Raptors are going to get much better than they, the way they are right now. No one's coming to help the Raptors. Uh, Pelicans still have another weapon in their holster. They're just not ready yet. So, uh, just imagine, I just imagine that. I think that the Pelicans have a chance to, to move up another level. And they were pretty much even most of last night. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. To, they're still gonna be a really fun team to watch. In fact, I had to like, I like watching this game or or, or and more thinking about this game before I really started watching it, or just like really early on in the game, um, like before the Pelicans got out to their like big lead in the first quarter. Um, I was like, see, this is why you don't. Um, you know, you, you don't dedicate so much time, uh, so much, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, so much uh, uh, prime time uh, games to a team because of one player. Um, because if that player goes down, then, like, then yeah. all these games become less significant. And it's like, I, it, didn't, it didn't really phase me, uh, you know, last night. Like, I was so intrigued by that game like I mean it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game but no one's expecting the prettiest fucking basketball game they've ever seen in opening day you know like I mean it's all everybody's gonna be a little bit rusty I mean unless you're Kawhi Leonard I guess um and you know you're just making like seven shots in a row um yeah uh but like board man gets paid uh but yeah, like I mean, I I still think this Pelican scene, regardless, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, they they just have they have so much depth. It's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch them. It's gonna be fun to see how they um, kind of uh, build, you know, the through the first couple weeks, build their lineups, and then how they uh, sort of incorporate Zion there after. It's gonna be it's gonna be a test for Alvin Gentry, but I'm excited to see it. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, NBA coaches challenge rule. I fucking hope this only lasts one season. Um, 
but this is where I'm at with it. Um, at the very first challenge call in NBA uh, history, uh, in regular season history, was Nick Nurse trying to challenge uh, the call, the, the um, offensive foul call. And, like, when I was, like, watching the replay and, like, you know, the, the people were breaking it down and all that kind of shit, I was like, man, I hope they call a flagrant. Because, like, they can – they can like do that apparently um, with these challenge rules. Um, yeah. Like I was like, man, I hope they call a flagrant on him because like I've seen we're, I've seen lesser offenses called a flagrant. I mean, he elbowed him right in the fucking face, and like intent mm-hmm. is not always like what, what is necessarily warranted as a flagrant. But like that's that's where I found myself on that first challenge call. I was like, why would you challenge that? Like. First of all, it's the first quarter. Secondly, like, th- like that's so clearly a fucking foul. If you had taken a second to look up at the screen and to like check the replay, um, I, my thing is this: if, if we're gonna do this, we need like every team in the NBA needs to have a dude who like is working yep. up in the press box and like being yep. like being like have an earpiece for the, the head coach that they can like radio or an assistant or whatever and like radio down to right. the assistant and be like, yo, challenge that one. And then have the assistant like run out and tell the coach to challenge it. Something like that. Something more football related. Um, right. Like how they operate things like this. Uh, because like that was fucking terrible. Um, I, in the words of Charles Barkley, terrible. Um, I, I, I really hope that they just do away with it. I, I really hope it just like I feel like there's enough times that they review shit and like I I feel like you know with their you can review in the last 2 minutes or whatever um whole thing um like you know with the players like you you'll see the players like twirl the finger like for the the review signal um like all the time and like usually when they do that the play gets reviewed when it falls into that like time frame um do we really need like a fucking coach's review thing no we don't i just think it's stupid what are your thoughts well here's the thing oh god damn it what were we talking about again sorry review Wait, what? <laughs> the what? Coach's what? Oh, yeah. Well, my my thing with the coach's challenge review, um, I liked it at first. I did. I like the idea of it. Maybe that's what it was. I like yeah. the idea of, of of having that in our pocket until it was implemented against my team, <laughs> and then I realized this is five minutes or ten minutes that it takes for it to review, and then to possibly get it right and screw me out of the original call or whatever the fuck it was. And I can use it against them, too. But it's, what, one per game? Is it worth it for just one per yeah. game? You no. know what I mean? Like, that's that's that's, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know, man. So it's like, I don't hate it. I, at least I didn't, I didn't hate the idea of it. But now after uh, being with it for a couple of games, especially in the preseason, I'm not sure I love it very much. It's kind of weird. Not a fan myself. Um, but I don't know. I, I Maybe I got to see it play out, I guess, a little more. Um, but as of right now, I could definitely do without it. Because at this point, I'm like, you know what, just whatever the whatever they call it, already long, it already takes long enough for them to review shit. This just extends yeah. the game more, and I, I just don't, 
I don't feel like it. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. That's exactly where I'm coming from. Like, we don't need the games to, like, run longer than they already do. Um, and, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't feel like a play in the first quarter that, like, gets that, that gets missed – uh, or a call rather that gets missed in the first quarter. I don't. I don't think that has enough of an impact on a fucking game. Like, if, I guess what I would say is, if you're going to implement this rule, um, then like, uh, like at least limit it to the second half. Like, you can only challenge in the second half. Because um, like, why? Like, why are you challenging in the first fucking quarter of a fucking basketball game on a play that's like Absolutely. so clearly? Like, you know, against you. Again, I wish they had called it a flagrant. I really do. I mean, he elbowed him right in the face. Uh, like, I, I, I was just – I was crossing my fingers that they would change the call just to, like, throw shade at the whole fucking rule. Um, and they didn't, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I just think it's stupid. I just think I, – I hope they don't continue it after this season. I really do. Um, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be upset yeah. if they took it I'm just saying I wouldn't be yeah, upset I mean, if they did. Right, or at least maybe next season, like I said, just limit it to the second half or maybe even the fourth quarter. Like just, you know, it, but at least the second half. Like, like they, and, and, they the, and the ironic the thing was, was – Yeah, the they, just, where they, they did? Yeah, it was, it was tested right. last season. Um, uh, okay. But like – but that's the thing. Like, um, like down the stretch of that game, there was like a couple plays – um, like the one that really comes to mind is when uh, Pascal Siakam fouled out um, for charging JJ Redick, um, right? And no, like, no, they could have challenged yeah. that, and that might have gotten overturned. Yep. Um, and like, like if it, like again, like maybe save save these coaches from themselves a little bit and say, all right, we'll we'll give you one challenge in the fourth quarter because like honestly, like. That's when things start to matter. They don't really matter in the first three quarters. I agree. So. I think that I think I agree with that probably more than anything. Fourth quarter was where it really matters uh, in terms of like missing calls because <laughs> right. that's important. So yeah, for me, if they limit it to just the fourth quarter, I'd be less because then I'll care a little more. But man, the first fucking quarter, there's so much more time left on the clock. It's like two. It's just two points. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's move on. Um. All right. So my next take. Lakers take. When healthy, the Lakers need a D at the five. Um. We've talked about this a little bit, Joel. Um. And you know. <laughs> I know that, like, basically, I think it's interesting because I, I kind of brought up to you that, that maybe him wanting to play the four instead of the five is kind of similar to Melo wanting to play the three instead of the four. And I think you had a very interesting counterpoint to that, um, essentially being that um, Melo's big fault was wanting to play the three instead of the four was he couldn't guard threes. He couldn't really guard perimeter, like elite perimeter players. Um, whereas AD can guard just about anybody. I mean, fuck, they put him on Kawhi Leonard um, at points during the game um, uh, last night. Um, 
So I get that. Like, so it's very different in that manner. Um, however, like where I'm more looking at this is from a team perspective. From a team perspective, they don't have that they're not able to run the offense that they need to run with him at the four because of who they have to play at the five. If they had a guy like Dwayne Dedman, sure, it'd be fine because he could fucking sit out there on the fucking corner and you could kick it out to him and he could drain a three. They have JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Unless one of those two guys miraculously starts fucking being able to hit three-point shots in a game, not in fucking warm-ups, but in a game, um, then, like, you can't run your – what everyone said was going to happen, which is his fucking badass pick-and-roll um, combo between LeBron and, you know, AD. Uh, it, it's just – it's not going to work, um, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, if they can – if they can – and like I said, this is very incumbent upon all of their guys being healthy because uh, I don't think they necessarily had a choice last night but to play um, some of their bigs because obviously Kuzma's out, um, Rondo's out, which I don't think is hugely important, but it would be helpful to have another guy who could like handle the ball a little bit. Um, also, Caruso was out, so like that hurts a little bit because he's kind of a guy who can handle the ball and can also shoot. Um, but you know, I really think like long term, unless you're going up against a handful of dudes, um, they really need to play AD at the five for major minutes throughout the game. I still think the best version of this lineup is Avery Bradley. Um, LeBron James, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and Danny Green. Um, like to me, that that's just it. That's that's what's going to work out the best. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know what ends up paying off uh, the best in the long run. What are your thoughts? Um, you can hear me, right, Nate? Yeah. What up, Juan? Okay. Perfect. What's going on, buddy? Uh, <laughs> crazy thing, like I completely agree with you. AD has to play the five, but I will say the the most frustrating thing about watching them last night, besides the fact that I drafted LeBron and he spent an entire game just trying to get Anthony Davis hot, um, is his, <laughs> the fact yeah, that did, <laughs> that puts me off so much. Compared him to um, a quarterback who was like locked in on a particular receiver, and I was like, oh my god, that is a perfect fucking analogy. <laughs> I actually I use like, the Tom analogy Brady doesn't of walk in on one guy. Like, come on, LeBron. No, but I, no, I use the analogy of Tom Brady when um when the game plan is just to run the ball, and it's like, can can you throw it like once, maybe? Why are you running it every down? Like, throw it. <laughs> that's um, a good point. That's what yeah. I thought about LeBron. I thought the same exact thing about LeBron. But the first thing I thought, Nick, was um when I watched this Lakers team, there's absolutely no reason why a Joe Johnson, a Carmelo Anthony, a Jamal Crawford, a J.R. Smith, any of these guys should not be sitting at home. Like, that that team desperately needs someone who can create their own shot. Um, and they, they lacked it. I mean, you got Danny Green hot, but Danny Green's not going to come up court and just pull like he's James Harden. Um, so you got to get him nope. open shot. 
And if that's right. what you're relying on, a defense can see that a mile away. And they just they make it hard for Danny to get open. Like he's not Claire Steph. He's not coming right. off screen well, hard. Well, and I, um, I think it. that Go I think that's gonna be Kuzma. Like that guy is gonna be Kuzma when he's healthy. But like to your point, what happens when Kuzma's not healthy, or when you know right. Anthony Davis has to miss like five games because of whatever, which we all know is gonna happen. Um, or, like, any number of these, like, things. Like, you have an open roster spot. Like, why not just sign a guy and see? Like, see if it works. Like, why not sign a Mello and see if it works? Why not sign a Jarrett Smith and see if it works? Like, there's just – there's there's guys out there. Like, why not yeah. – so, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like it's the beginning of the season. There's 82 games. Well, there's 81 now for the Lakers. This is when you start to tinker. So it's like, all right, let's sign Melo. Doesn't work? Cool. Release him. Let's sign Jamal Crawford. Doesn't work? Cool. Because what you don't want if you're the Lakers is for someone else to get desperate and sign these players that you need offensively. Like, yes, when Kuzma gets back, is that going to help? Yes. Rondo? Yes. But the issue is I feel as though out of 81 games, Anthony Davis is likely to miss at least 15. At least. So you're asking a whole lot of Kyle Kuzma um, offensively um, on days where Anthony Davis is not playing. And it does look like LeBron is looking to take more of a point guard role. Like, no, 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 you get open. I'm going to just pass it to you. So if that's the mindset LeBron has for 81 games, I don't see <laughs> I don't see these Lakers being as high as I originally did um, b- before the season started because you 100% need LeBron to still drop 30. N- not every game. But you need him to want to drop Against 30. the Clippers, yeah. <laughs> Against the Clippers, yeah, because they're a monster. But you need him to want to do it. And last night he just didn't really seem to want it. It actually reminded me of the game. Um, remember that first game one against the Warriors where Jr. had that blunder? Remember in overtime? It yeah. took him forever to score the ball. Like, he just kept passing right. it. And it's like, you, you do know how important this game is, right? Like, you have a chance <laughs> to steal home court advantage. Um, yeah, it was like he had already given up at that point. <laughs> exactly. Like, J.R. pissed him off so much, he said, you know what? We're not going to win this series. Mm-hmm. And to me, <laughs> he quit extremely. So I'm like, I'm watching a game where once Danny Green uh, brought them back and tied it, that's when if you're LeBron, you tell AD, listen, if you can get open, get open. If not, I am taking over. We got to win this game. We can't let the new kids yeah. on the block take yeah. the city. Definitely too much. And I'm like, what do you think a defense looks at? They see that, and they're going to double them down low. And AD just couldn't get comfortable. But he also has to right. develop a better mid-range. Start taking more mid-range shots. Stop trying to back down in the paint. They're going to double you. Yeah. And you don't have enough shooters <laughs> to just kick it out. So they got to figure that yeah, out. Well, and I put, I put a lot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they – they at least have a way more shooters than they had last year. Um, I don't necessarily think mid range right, yeah. is the game. I liked I liked some of the moves yeah. that he made in the post, but like you don't need to take seventeen of those a game. Seventeen <laughs> isolation post plays. That's how many AD took in in that game. Like uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, and like we saw the results of it. We saw the inefficient numbers based on it, um, and like it's like that's. That should not be your offense. What your offense should be, like I said at the top, is fucking LeBron AD pick and roll. 
Um, like that should be like forty percent of your offense. Um, and you know the other sixty percent is you know a lot of different variables of different things, but it's move it's, it's ball movement and hitting open shooters and all that. Um, and I think that we're actually decent with that. I mean, Danny Green got a lot of open shots. He hit a lot of open shots. Um, uh, you know, I know Troy Daniels hit like a big shot early in the game. Um, like, you know, they have a, some variables, some various shooters. Um, but like, if you if you can't effectively run a pick and roll um, against uh, you know the opposing team because you have Dwight Howard clogging up the paint or you have JaVale McGee clogging up the paint, then like your offense is just going to be so much more limited. That's the reason why AD needs to play the five, and that's why it's like it, it's really fucking important. Um, and and you know it's crazy. Like they they need Kuzma. Like they really do. They need um. Another guy who can like not afraid to fucking shoot, um, not afraid to um, like kind of score off the dribble, um, and and that's going to be big for them when they get him back. But like, I, I really hope that AD can buy into this notion of like, especially like, okay, come on, um, I I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but like I know Avicii Zubat didn't play that many minutes. And it ain't like he's that big of a dude anyway. Um, Montrezl Harrell, I know, played the most minutes of the game. I think it was like 38 minutes. Um, he played crazy minutes, like crazy fucking minutes. He played the majority of that fucking game uh, at the five. And it's like, AD, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're telling me you, you can't bang in the paint with Montrezl Harrell? I know he's big. Like for for like a you know a smaller dude, um, but like come on, like you got to be able to go up against Montrezl Harrell. Um, I, I, w- and, I will you know, say that's this. The thing. No, I, I will go. say this. I think what the Clippers are well, what the Clippers did really well was they disguised a few things. Like what they would do is if he's on if Montrezl Harrell is on him, they would kind of isolate Sin Patrick Beverly to go disrupt a little bit. Um, and and yeah. I think. Anthony Davis is the kind of guy that if he has to think about it, that's the worst possible thing. Um, you don't want right. Anthony Davis thinking. Just do what comes natural. Sure. And if what comes natural is you're backing down, do it. Mm-hmm. You want to shoot, do it. But if he if he has to think for a second, he's going to do exactly what he did last night. And by no means am I saying he had a bad game or anything like no, that. It's just what the Lakers are becoming is predictable. And you know what this team reminds me of, Nick? And I'm not comparing it exactly, but LeBron's going through exactly what Melo went through when he forced his way to New York, and they had nothing besides Melo yeah. and Amari. Yeah. <laughs> and Melo couldn't even depend on Amari all 82 games. Because he was hurt, right. So I- I'm looking at the team. And they didn't want to play his position either. Exactly. So I'm looking at this team, and I'm going, it's legit LeBron and AD are bust, Right. So if you're a defense and you're as deep as the Clippers are, which isn't, you know, not many teams are, but if you are, you easily say we're just going to throw different schemes at them um, and double them. And then once you do that, who else is who else is getting you 30 tonight if AD's not? Right. So, I mean, they got to fix a lot of things. And like I said, getting someone like Jamal Crawford off the bench or Melo off the bench or JR, or just somebody that can create their own shot. 
Um, no, I, I agree. They could all be headaches, but they can create their own shot, and you need that. <laughs> you need it. So you need what they what the Clippers have. They have a Lou Williams. We don't have a Lou yeah. Williams. We have fucking KCP. No, look. <laughs> in the words of Joel, look it. Um, yes, I get what you where you're coming from, but like. The fact that Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell out-pick-and-rolled LeBron James and Anthony Davis is fucking blasphemy. It's fucking blasphemy. Like, they should be the best pick-and-roll duo in the fucking league. Um, and, like, like again, you, you have to operate that with spacing. Um, and that's what, you know, obviously what the Clippers have to – to their advantage, um, and the Lakers did not because they wanted to fucking play, uh, you know, or, you know, maybe they were forced to play because of injuries. Um, JaVale McGee uh, and and Dwight Howard, way more minutes than they should have been playing. Um, like, I, when this team is healthy, they need to get those guys out of there and fucking let AD fucking just tell him, like, dude, dude like, do you want to win or do you want to fucking play the four? You pick. Like, I mean, I would totally fucking tell him that. Also, if I'm fucking Jason Kidd, if I'm Jason Kidd, because like Frank Vogel, he's like walking on eggshells and everything. But if I'm Jason Kidd and like I, you know, I have these aspirations to be like the head coach, that's exactly what I would fucking tell him. Because like, what do you got to lose yeah. if you're Jason Kidd? You know, like what? Like eighty, like doesn't like that you talk to him in that way, so you get fired. Well, whatever. I was only the assistant coach anyway. Um, like if I'm Jason Kidd, that's exactly I will I would go to him after this game and say that. I'd be like, bro, like what what do you want? <laughs> Cause like this is what you need to be doing. Look at what Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell just did. Um Joel finishes off here. Well what I was trying to say was also keep in mind that's why I don't want to overreact because this this Clipper team for the most part uh, is a better team. <laughs> They're a deeper team. Uh, Lou Williams they, they have they played a whole season together, a whole season together. LeBron and this is LeBron AD's first season together. Um, it's just a lot. There's a lot more new pieces on the Lakers that haven't played together compared to the Clippers. Uh, and Kawhi is one of those guys that's just he's just he's like a moldable glue. He can just form into anything. You can do whatever you want. Know I mean? And they still this is without Paul George. Like both both teams are missing big pieces. No Kuzma on the Lakers side or Rondo. And then no on the Clippers side, uh no no Paul George. So it's like there's still this 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 matchup will be better in the future when they're fully uh developed and the Lakers have more seasoning together as a team trying to figure out what lineup works. Because right now, this is what they want to do. doesn't mean this is what they're going to look like at the end of the season. Um, maybe by the end of the season, they'll realize, you know what, maybe AD's like, fuck it, I'll just play center. He's done it in New Orleans. It's not like he's never done it before. But he just wants someone to bang for him. So if there's a four that's willing to bang for him, um, he'll play a five. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. That's why I love him. Yeah, so, yeah, Boogie will bang, and Boogie, Boogie can shoot, too. But, unfortunately, Boogie's not here hey, maybe, this season. Maybe let Jared Dudley do that, then. I don't know. Like, it, Dudley will do that for him. Somebody who can shoot. Dudley can just shoot and bang shoot. and be annoying. That's what he's going to do. That's, that's, that's what he's there for. Talk shit and there you go. try to out psyche ball him. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, not that, yeah, not know, that I would think that's your 
Or maybe, like, LeBron should, like, fucking man up a little bit and fucking, like, get in there and bang a little bit. Just saying. Yeah, he like, got to bang. You know. He's a big man. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking bigger than 95% of NBA players. Like, yeah. you know, fucking get in there and fucking <laughs> do, do shit. Um, Flight 23. Yeah. There's a fucking jumbo jet coming down the lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to move on uh, with, you know, Jawan jumps on, and uh, we we get into a real long-winded conversation about the Lakers. <laughs> no, no coincidence there. Um, not that I don't fucking love it, Jawan. So don't don't mistake that. Um, but uh, we uh, just we already touched base on the Clippers a little bit, but they're fucking outstanding. Um, I like again, like that that pick and roll combo. Um, I was a little concerned uh, about maybe like what Lou Williams role would be uh, with, you know, uh, a Kawhi Leonard who's going to like want to take the shots. I don't, I I think Kawhi Leonard, and maybe I underestimated this a little bit, like, cause we saw it in the playoffs last year. Kawhi Leonard is perfectly content with just like taking the shots when he needs to take them, not when, yeah. you know, he wants to take them. Um, cause it's like, he doesn't really care. <laughs> Um, so I think in that sense, it's like the perfect, um, just the perfect, like, um, superstar to pair with a guy like Lou Williams. It'll be interesting to see how the dynamic works when Paul George gets out there. Um, but I, I, again, I think Paul George is that same kind of player. He's that same kind of guy. We saw what he did his first season with Russell Westbrook, and then he was given more, of of the responsibility in his second season, but it was like it wasn't like he demanded it. It was just kind of like this makes sense for the team, so I will do this. Um, but like both of those guys are just all team oriented. I think my biggest takeaway out of the first week or the first day of the regular season with these four teams is you are foolish if you don't have the Clippers as the favorite. Not saying you have to pick them, um, you know, because you can you can pick a team to win it all for any various amounts of reasons. I'm picking the Sixers. Y'all know why. Um, but No, please tell me. Not, <laughs> <laughs> to not consider the Clippers the favorite at this point, which I consider them the favorite from the moment they got Kawhi and Paul George, um, but at this point, after we've seen a game, to not consider them the favorite to me is just it's asinine. Um, what are your thoughts there, Joel? Well, I I, I agree. <laughs> um, at least I agree with the Clippers. Probably the Clippers are the favorites in the West to come out the West. I've had them. When, I mean, as soon as they made their moves, I figured they were the deepest. They had the best. Arguably the best player in the league, and then they added Paul George to that, and and you know I chose him as the best duo over you know LeBron and AB. Um, I just I just how, and they have to real do, quick, real yeah. quick. How arguable do you think that is anymore? Because I, I mean I, I think, mean it's still debatable. Obviously, you, you, I mean, do you really think so? Like I still think. So I mean, for obviously. Now, I mean, I, I, I mean, I obviously, think... everything's debatable. I'm just saying, like, I think last night, like, Kawhi was – he made seven shots in a row and was just – like, made 
every like defensive stand that he makes, you fucking pick LeBron's pocket at the end of the game. Like, I mean, he just mm-hmm. he basically made LeBron look like I don't know, like you know, um, just old? just say it. Yeah, <laughs> he made him look old. And, like I was just like, wow. Like, oh my God, I did not like. I did not expect LeBron to come out and and play. Like, you know, we. I think we all bought into the hype. It's the most rest he's had um, in in right. fifteen years. Um, like he's gonna come out. He's gonna be firing on all cylinders. He looked fucking old. Like he really did. Um, and like it made me like worried a little bit. Like. Even more so than I, I was, even though I was a little worried to begin with. More, but more so because of injury, less so because of just being old and like losing a step. But like, I, I think I, I, I will say this. I think the debate. I, I think, like, the debate as to whether LeBron is in the conversation to me ended last night. If not sooner, mm. but like. LeBron is no longer the best player in the NBA. Hot take? I mean, I kind of was saying I, I had Kawhi as the best player in the in the league. Me too. Mainly because, uh, like, like well, as soon as the finals was up, I mean, Kawhi has been took, took the crown. Yeah, I mean, he earned he beat, it. He won. Well, he earned. He won the championship. LeBron is coming off an injury. I just never thought. I'm not sure LeBron will be the same again. And don't get me wrong, I still chose LeBron to be MVP this season. But that was just one of the – I didn't know who else to pick at the time. I just didn't feel like Kawhi was going to play all season. So <laughs> I thought James yeah. played was going to stop him. Uh, that's why I didn't choose Kawhi Leonard. Uh, honestly, that's the main reason I didn't choose Kawhi. Um, I figured LeBron's going to be healthy. The team's going to be good, you know, no matter what the guest of this game told you, and that he'll probably earn it just based on his statistics. Um, I'm not saying he's going to score 30 a game. That's not who he is. It's not really what he's ever really been. That's more of a James Harden right. thing. That's why I had him, you know, being the scoring champ again. Or Steph. The Steph is obviously has the ability to do it now with nobody on the team. Go ahead and shoot. Um, but um, for me, yeah, the Clippers and Kawhi's the man right now. He's earned it. Uh, at one point, you consider him maybe the third best. Uh, but last year's run was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, the Warriors uh, took injuries to, to dethrone them because they probably would have not lost if they were fucking fully healthy. But you know what? That means it wasn't for it. It just wasn't meant to be. It was definitely meant for Kawhi to go ahead and take over in Toronto to get their first championship. In the East, if we're talking in the Eastern Conference, um, I I don't disagree that the Sixers are a top team. I think they're right there with the Bucks. I I I'm a, I, tr- I'm, I may trust the Sixers a little bit more because I trust some of their maybe their offense a little better than I trust the Bucks offense. Defensively, I think I may go with the Bucks though. So it's really I don't know. It's one in either or. Uh, if the, and here's the thing: the Bucks have to perform because if they don't live up to expectations, there's a chance they lose Giannis soon, and, and they don't want to right. take that chance. They need yeah. to to do it, you know. So they're desperately they're desperately in one of those situations that they can't they can't end up losing their star because no one's going to fucking Milwaukee. So they they want to be the best people. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Blake and Bledsoe they're set to miss two to three weeks. Um, Blake Griffin, Eric Bledsoe. Um, it sucks. 
Um, Bledsoe, I don't think is terribly important because you got George Hill and you got like guys like Pat Connaughton and and you know they they signed a bunch of shooting guards to like step in. Um, you know, I think you can run a, a lot of offense through Giannis and even through Middleton to a certain degree. So I think they'll be fine. Um, Blake is so quintessential to what the fucking Pistons are going to do. Um, I hope none of us picked them to make the playoffs. I know I didn't. I don't, I don't, I'm pretty, I know you didn't, um, Joel. Um, I hope no one else did because it, it, it's, just it's not looking good it's not looking good for him um but hey i don't i don't want to really spend too much time on that it it just sucks um blake played great last year um i think he was third team all nba he should have been second team all nba um if he wasn't um because he was fucking outstanding uh but anyway um i want to move on i want to i want to get to these contract extensions because i think that's what's really important here um, all right, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, we we got about uh, six seven guys here to talk about. Um, we can spend a little more time on these early ones and and brush brush through the the latter ones. Uh, Pascal Siakam, four years, max one hundred and thirty million dollar extension. Um, I'm surprised they didn't lock in that fifth year. Um, I mean, I would have expected them to want to. Uh, and you know, I said this. Yeah, to you guys as soon as the extension was announced. Um but nevertheless they you know, at least at least they fucking went ahead and got this done. He was gonna get a max offer like in the off season. There was no way he was not going to get a max offer. Um so it needed to be something they that they achieved. And obviously through this first game we know that uh it was it was totally worth it. Um so so good on them. Um anything you wanna add there, Joel? No, I agree. Maybe I was I'm a little surprised about not getting the fifth year, but no, everything else is pretty much. He's definitely earned it, man. It's good that they locked him up mm-hmm. now because there's no way they should definitely lose that guy because he might be even better than they thought. So pay that man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, he got paid, so good on him. Uh, and also, um, I know that there was a little. Um, thing in his contract if he makes first or second team all nba this year or wins any significant award um that he will get the little um what what is it like the the extra five percent bonus um which would take his contract from like 130 to like 150 or something or 146 i think um Mm -hmm. so they have like a little incentive built in there um, for him to really ball out this year. Uh, it was it's a similar thing to what uh, Carl Anthony Towns had last year um, that he just barely missed out on. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I I could totally see Siakam making second team All NBA this year. I mean just the way he played in this first game, um, just like I said, uh, I, I I could totally see him making being an All Star starter. I could see him being second team All NBA. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I, it, it's obviously going to be a lot harder to be second team All NBA than being a Eastern Conference All Star starter. Um, so, I wouldn't ne- necessarily say that I expect him to do that, um, but it's possible, um, and it, it gives him something 
uh, like a, a, a legitimate incentive uh, to like really strive for. So that should be interesting to follow. Um, all right, Buddy Heald, four years, $106 million, $94 million guaranteed. Um, this is interesting because it's really not that far off what the initial contract was, uh, which was four years, $90 million. Uh, four years, 94 guaranteed. Now, obviously, there are incentives uh, throughout this contract that could get him up to 106. Um, some of those may be likely, um, some not as much. Uh, but I think overall, I think I think maybe Heald could have got a little bit more um, like I, I definitely think he would have gotten more on the open market than 94. Um, but nevertheless, especially given what's going on in China, like maybe it was better just to lock this up. And I do think he really wants to be there despite all the shit that was said, um, you know, when he was trying to get this extension done, um, all, all indications outside of that, like seem to me to signify that he really does want to be there and he enjoys all of his teammates and all that. Um, really glad they got this done because they really didn't need it hanging over them. Um, the thing that's going to be really interesting is now that they have him locked up, they have Barnes locked up, they have all of these role players locked up, they have Fox and um, Bagley uh, kind of waiting in the wings. Um, what happens to Bogdan Bogdanovich? I think he could be a very interesting trade uh, candidate throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you can get, uh, like, a, a valuable pick uh, for him uh, in, like, an expiring contract, um, that may be something that you decide to do simply out of necessity because you don't want to be a luxury tax team, um, like – when you're, you know, a, a, a fringe playoff team. Um, so that'll be interesting to follow. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, and you're asking me my thoughts on everything, right? <laughs> like, right. You're talking about yeah. the breath field yeah. and the whole King situation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 good contract for him. I know he felt a little disrespected, and like you said, it wasn't a bigger, much bigger jump from where it was, but Obviously, it was enough for him to sign. And, again, they're securing an asset because Buddy Hill definitely would have gotten signed somewhere because boy's good, so I'll give him credit. Um, I like him. Um, Bogdanovich, that might be an issue uh, going forward, what's going to happen with Bogdanovich. He becomes a, a nice trade chip because um, I think he's really good. That kid's got skills, and he could. De- there's definitely a market for a guy that can – uh, do what what Bogdan can do, and and I think that, I don't know what or how or where or with who, but I I, I think there's something there for them, and if the Kings want to make a run for that eight seed, they might want to try to get more vets, uh, like coming off the bench to solidify that. Even though that team is pretty pretty solidified as it is, um, I they probably could get a little bit better, but I think they're probably at the moment better with Bogdan, so the offer has to be pretty decent. Um, for, for the Kings to want to do that, um, right. but who knows? I mean, I, they they have a decent squad, so I really don't. I don't. But the Kings have should be enough right now to get to that eighth spot, but who knows? Uh, I wouldn't want to trade him right away, but he's gonna probably want. He's gonna want to get paid, so 
I agree. At some point, you're gonna you're probably gonna have to think about trading. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you could get a veteran and and a draft pick. Like, you might have to choose one or the other. Um, and you know, if you have to choose one or the other, which direction do you go? I would hope they would go draft pick. Um, just because, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know that you know they they have a lot of young pieces and maybe they don't need a draft pick but like you could flip that later especially if it's like later down the road um like as as an asset whereas a veteran like i don't know like you're 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 kind of in the same situation where you like do you resign them the one vet out there that i maybe could see is Iguodala. like i mean if you if you could flip um like Bogdanovich for Iguodala, um, you'd have to throw something else in there, like maybe Trevor Ariza. I think his second year is not guaranteed. Um, so maybe like couple those two guys together, you get off a little salary, you get Iguodala, like as long as he's like willing to play there. I don't know if he would be or not. Um, but you know that that could be interesting. Uh, but again, I, I I don't know. I think I really do think they should be like prioritizing if they're going to flip him flip him for a draft pick and like um an expiring salary and just try to like let let the other guys fill in his minutes um you know or a, Dang. A, Dang. say what no i i did want to ask you nick you you were saying if, if you're the kings you don't want to go over luxury <sighs> my question to you is if you're them, can you afford not keeping um, as many of these guys as possible purely off the fact that no one is clamoring to come to Sacramento? People that get drafted there um, stay there. I mean, it, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you can because you already have so many guys. Now that you have Buddy Heel locked up, um, like Bogdanovich on this team is a sixth man. He's going to get starter money because – he would be a starter on at least 10 other teams in the league. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think there's any way of getting around it. You don't want to be – and you're one of the smaller markets in Sacramento, um, you know, I guess which ties into what you were saying. Um, I don't I – don't, I just don't think you can afford to do that, not this early on. Like, it would be one thing if they were a – like an NBA title contender. They're not that yet. They're not even close to that yet. Um, and with all of the other people that you're going to have to pay coming down the road, no, I mean, I, I don't think you can afford to do that. I mean, you know, I, I've said it time and time again. I think that them trading for Harrison Barnes uh, was a mistake. I think them signing him to that extension was a mistake. I just think they should have traded for Otto Porter and that would like alleviate so many different things. Um, I think it would make their team better. I think it would also um, you know, make their financial outlook better. Um, but the fact that they're in the situation they are now um, like I, you know, I I don't think you can afford to pay Bogdanovich what he's going to get in the offseason. No, I, I completely get you. I just to me, my biggest struggle with smaller markets who have a, a, a flux of great players is that you got to try to keep them because what you've shown is, A, it's hard to get them, and, B, it's even harder to keep them. 
Um, so you have to find out what but players I think, are are eat. <clears throat> That's true. Yeah, and I, but I think more importantly, if you know you're not going to be able to keep them, then get something for them. Like, yeah, of course. It's sure. one thing, yeah. you know. It's one thing when you're uh, OKC with Kevin Durant, or you're like, let's say, potentially Milwaukee with Giannis. Like, yeah, you fucking you don't trade those guys. Unless they say, like, unless you get an Anthony Davis situation, um, you don't or trade Porzingis. those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for a guy like this, if you know you're not – like, you can just – you can read the, the fucking lines on the wall. Like, he is going to get, um, I don't know, like, at least $15 million a year. You can't afford that. You just can't. Nope. So, like – there it is. You got to trade him. So find the team that you can. Um, like, like you know, let me let me throw this team out there. Um, I mean, this team's got some expiring contracts and everything. Um, okay, uh, here 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 we go. Um, let's say, and you'd have to throw somebody else in here. But let's say um, you get uh, Kent Bazemore and a first round pick out of uh, Portland. Portland could definitely use him. Portland doesn't give a fuck about the luxury tax as far as we can Nick tell. Um, Even when it's not on his team. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but, like, I, you know, I mean, pick any player on the team. I just, that's the first one that came to mind. Um, but, like, nevertheless, like, I mean, that's like that's the kind of deal. I mean, they have all their first-round picks, everything else. Um, I mean that's the kind of deal. I mean I think they could really use a guy like Bogdanovich. Um, so I don't know. I just think there's teams out there that you could at least accrue some amount of assets for. All right, but we got to move on. We, we've already delved too long into this. We, we started out talking about Buddy Hill's extension. Now we're thanks, Juwan. Look, look at what you're doing to this podcast, man. It's supposed to be a quick podcast. Devontae <laughs> uh, Sabonis, your guy, uh, Joel. Four years, eighty-five million, seventy-seven million guaranteed. I'm just gonna let you go because this is your dude. Uh, I, well, you know I'm not a money guy, so I'm not sure if that's good or bad. <laughs> I have to imagine it's good for him to be signed. I would say so it's fair. Fair, okay. That's all that matters to me. As long as he's happy, I'm happy. I'm a big, I, I'm a big Sabonis guy. I, I hope he does well. Um, I, I just. I just want him to get paid, and and it looks like he got what he wanted. He got paid. There was like rumors, there was rumors like right before that that he would, you know, they might trade him, but they ended up right. Out. They, I think this front court looks now with the both of them uh, playing together full time, and if it doesn't work out, they'll look to trade one of them. But as of right now, I think that they're definitely going to try it out together. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is the best possible solution for them. They sign um, essentially they sign Sabonis to essentially the same, almost the same, because uh, I think um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Miles Turner's deal was seventy two million dollars guaranteed, eighty million dollars um, max, which you know is is. Eighty-five, seventy-seven for Sabonis, um, but it's basically, I mean, given you know market inflation and everything, it's about the same deal. Um, and so, like now, you have both these guys signed to 
basically the same deal, which makes them both equally tradable. Um, so if it doesn't work out, you now have either one of these guys that you can flip. So you can, if it doesn't work, you can go into the. I, I would say don't do anything this season, um, but you could go into the off season and say, look, like this didn't work. We tried it for this whole season. Um, it just didn't quite work out. Um, which one of these guys do we want to keep? All right, we'd rather keep this guy. All right, so let's see what we could get for this guy. But also, like maybe you would rather, maybe you'd rather keep. Let's say, for example, maybe you'd rather keep Turner um, and trade Sabonis, but you can get so much more for Turner that it's like, fuck, dude. Well, let's keep Sabonis and trade Turner. Like, you know, it gives them so much flexibility. Um, so I, I honestly, I think this is really good for them. I don't think it's going to work out. I think inevitably one of these guys is going to get traded. Um, but the fact that they were able to secure this deal, which I don't think is unreasonable, I don't think it's a bargain. Um, like I think Miles Turner's contract is a fucking bargain, um, just because of his ass, his skill set and his asset. The fact that he plays defense and can shoot threes at the five is just so valuable. Sabonis, not a great defender, not a great shooter. He's more of like that kind of old school big. Like he, he rebounds at an alarmingly great rate, um, and he's he's got like the kind of footwork and everything. He scores very well in the paint. Um, but you know, even though you might want to keep Turner, maybe Turner fetches you a lot more, and you can make that fit better with Sabonis and Depot and and all those other guys. Um, I think it gives them a lot of flexibility in the future. And so for that reason, I like it. I think it's good. All right, Jalen Brown, four years, $115 million, 103 guaranteed. Um, this is about what I thought he would get on the open market. So I don't fault him for signing this deal. He's getting over $100 million guaranteed, um, a possibility of up to one hundred and fifteen. Um, I, I think that's that's pretty good especially considering having a down year last year um yep. you know overall i i like the deal for him i don't think it's absurd at all for the celtics um you know given what i actually think he would have gotten on the open market i mean i think there's a very real possibility that a team again like either my hawks or memphis um, especially Memphis. I really could have seen Memphis being like, we'll give you a max contract. Um, so I think it's I think it's good for all parties considered. I really like this deal. Um, what are your thoughts? I don't hate it. Uh, good for him. Again, it's, it has to be good because he signed it, or else he wouldn't have signed it. And he couldn't, again, felt disrespect for everything. But um, Celtics got to keep their man. I know some Celtics fans were already trying to throw him off the cliff because, you know, he ain't that good. <laughs> but they signed him, uh, and, and they're happy. Uh, no matter how they felt uh, prior to him signing, <laughs> um, so uh, and he's a good player, man. He's a good two-way guy. Definitely had an off year last year, but last year I think the whole team had an off year. <laughs> right. Uh, this might this yeah, might be a. That's why I can't wait to see tonight how they do because I I do think they're they're um, they'll probably play better. I don't know how the bench is going to be. They're going to smoke tonight. They're yeah. going to lose like <laughs> fifteen. 
Uh, uh, words, 15. 15, exactly. All right, I'll keep <laughs> putting a bet on it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I am shocked that they paid it this early only because I was telling Luke um, when he was saying how absurd it was that Jalen was demanding so much money. I was saying, if you're the Celtics, you're in a win-win situation. You wait it out. If he has a great year, you have every reason to pay him. If he has a bad year, you just say, well, we have no problem moving on. I mean, you've shown that you can't progress. Um, so paying him this early, it's like, well, whatever he does from here, it's what are you going to do with him now? So, I mean, I, I would have yeah, waited until like, the end of this. No, I wouldn't because I, I really do. I think you need to keep him. I think he's tradable. I, I mean, regardless, it just – dude, he's a wing. Like and you didn't sign it. It's not like you signed him to like a max deal. It's a four-year deal. Um, it's it's got incentives in it. So like it's it's not even like it's it's basically. I mean, if you break it down with what he got guaranteed, it's twenty-five mil a year. Like think of all the guys who make twenty-five mil a year. It's like fucking Nick Batum right now is making twenty-five million dollars. I think he's making more than that. Not he's making like point seven. That's not a good example. Well, Nick Batum should not be making that. Well, sure. I, okay, fine. <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I mean, fuck, I didn't pick Chandler Parsons, though. Um, but, like, nevertheless, <laughs> like, hey, I, like, dude, there are plenty of guys out there who are making, like, okay, take this, for example. Harrison Barnes is making, what, 22? I think. Yeah. Um, on average, like who would you rather have, Harrison Barnes at twenty two a year over the next four, or Jalen Brown with, you know, the 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 idea that he could still improve on where he's at and his position, his more wing versatility as far as playing the two and the three and maybe being a better defensive player. Um, I like I would rather have Jalen Brown. So I think the market yeah. dictated that that's what you were going to have to pay him. Like and. I, if I can lock that up and not have to outbid a team like Memphis who just has, like, cap space and a bunch of young players, and they're like, fuck it, we'll pay him a max contract. Like, no, like, I'd rather get that locked up. I'd, I'd rather do that. Uh, I, I would rather take that bet that he's going to um, perform well enough to be an, an asset, to be tradable. Um, I don't think this is going to end up like a Wiggins situation where it's like, uh, how do you trade that? I, I just don't think so. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, I at least want to get to this one. DeJounte Murray. we got about 10 minutes. Um, four years, $64 million. Um, surprising. I was really surprised um, simply because, obviously, he's coming off the injury. Um, he's had some injury history even before he came into the league. Um, but if he can stay healthy, this is going to be a really solid deal uh, for the Spurs. Um, I like it as long as he stays healthy. Um, if he doesn't, it's going to look really bad. Um, but, I mean, that's the risk they're taking here, um, and that's the risk he's taking, or I guess maybe um, foregoing by signing this contract. Because um, if he's really good, this year, he could have wait, made way more on the open market. Um, like, are you kidding me? Look at a team like, um, like say, Minnesota, who has Jeff Teague coming off the books. Um, and I think they have another 
Uh, oh, no, they don't have another expiring contract, but Gorgie Zhang would be an expiring contract next year that they could stretch or, or maybe try to trade um, if they needed to. Like, there would have been – that would be the team that I would point out that could use a guy like DeJounte Murray. Um, but there would there, there will be plenty of teams out there who could. Um, I think basically given the injury – the injury history, all sides made out well here. This could be – I think this contract goes one of two ways. It either is fucking a steal for the Spurs or DeJounte Murray gets hurt again, and it's a fucking hindrance for the Spurs. Um, but I think they were right to take the risk, and I think DeJounte Murray was right to sign the contract. What do you think? Of course it was right to sign the contract. They pay you, you sign that. You take the money. Yeah, you're, you're getting $16 million a year, brother. Come on. You take it and run. Take it and run. That's what I always say. Um, my thing is, he, I mean, they have to like what they see in DeJounte Murray for them to, to pony up the money because, like you said, he was out the whole season last year. He was hurt, you know, towards like Achilles or whatever. Um He's looked good though this, this preseason. Looks like he's back to form. He's going to be a, he's a, one of the best defensive point guards in the league. Uh, is a do he can do almost anything, and um, he's one of their young cores. They, they obviously love them some uh, uh, Dejounte Murray. So I mean I'm happy for him, and I think they they're really happy to have him and keep him. So there's not much else to say regarding him. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally agree. Um, all right, uh, real quick, Torian Prince, Joe Ingles, Torian Prince signs two years, twenty nine million. Joe Ingles gets a one year extension, fourteen million. Um, <clears throat> I I mean, I think both of these are solid. I I particularly the Joe Ingles one, like just locking him up for one extra year. I think that's I think that's really good for them, uh, just to have him around. Uh, I mean. He's a really good three-point shooter. He's a decent defender. Um, I, I do think it'll be interesting. I wonder if at some point they look at this roster and say, we think – I know a lot of teams are playing these three-wing teams, but like Ingles and Bogdanovich, one of them has to play the four, and neither one of them are really big enough to play the four. Well wow. <laughs> like, – that's the thing. Been, when you're looking at a team like the it, Clippers, you're like, I mean, yeah. Paul George or Kawhi can play it. I don't think either one of these guys can play it. Um, right. So that'll be that'll be something interesting to, to kind of follow. I, I still think they need to get a four and maybe use Ingles as like a six man. Um, but have, we'll see. They have first seen him as a six man. They've been starting Jeff Green. Okay. Well, we'll see how that works out. Long term, I yeah. wouldn't plan for that long term. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I heard, I heard some buzz that maybe they would, maybe they would do Royce O'Neal, um, which again, not really a four, um, but no, not at all. Probably, probably, probably more suited maybe to play the four than either Ingles or Bogdanovich. But, um, but nevertheless, uh, good on him, uh, Prince. Two years, $29 million. Didn't expect it, but, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't get him for a little cheaper but for three years. Um, like I, I, I almost would have expected like three years, 
35 million, like a little less per year, but you lock him up for, um, you, you know, as long as you have Kyrie and Katie signed, which is what they did for Levert. Um, so I would have expected that. Um, but you know, two years, 29 million, it's not absurd and you're not going to have cap space, um, going forward. Um, so yeah, I mean, you might as well like, um, make sure you secure him up. Um, I don't, I think there's, there's this big misconception, um, for people who, you know, have never watched a lot of Hawks games that like, because Torian Prince is like six foot eight and like, um, athletic that he's somehow a good defender and he's not, (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't have the capacity to be a good defender um, because he actually was defense like decent defensively in his first season with the Hawks um, when we were still a playoff team and um, you know coach Bud was still here and all that Um, but the last couple years he's been fucking bad Um, so I don't know good luck with that Um, hopefully like you know, Atkinson can get him to play some defense because if he if he doesn't play defense, then all he is is uh, basically I don't know uh, a maybe a poor man's um, uh, shit. What's his name? The dude who who just got uh, T.J. Warren. He's like a poor man's T.J. Warren if if uh, if he's not you know better defensively. So. Um, and that's not worth $14.5 million a year, but we shall see. Uh, any thoughts on Prince in that extension? Um, I, I, I queued you up to be able to talk shit about the Nets, so feel free. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, if that's <laughs> Prince more, more than likely will start at power forward for them, um, while it's the other forward position for them. Um, and I don't know how he is defensively. I mean, every time I see him, he looks like he, he's competent. So I, I don't know. Um, and they seem to like him enough to start him. I know they they say they were trying to look for a four throughout the preseason. They started Brooks a couple times, and then of course Prince. So it's like I guess they've settled so far on Prince and looks like he'll be the four for the you know for the foreseeable future. Um, but you know it is Brooklyn. Um. Uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I I don't know. Good for him. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Would you have signed him to that much? I don't. I don't. I don't think it was a bad you know, signing overall. You know, they they need it. He's definitely I, a good bench piece, if anything. You know. Yeah, I I I wouldn't have minded it if that was what the Hawks signed him to, because it's it's so short term, like two years. It wouldn't. Like it wouldn't really affect us long term salary cap wise, um, so yeah, I I probably would have given him that. Um, do I think he's worth it? No, um, I think I like you look at a guy like if like for example, let's just say like you know Ingles just signed another extension for another year, fourteen million dollars. Would I rather have Joe Ingles or would I rather have Torian Prince? I'd much rather have Joe Ingles, um, without a doubt. Like <laughs> like just. Um, there's no question. Um, so, like, it, you know, it, it, I mean, it just depends on what you're comparing it to. Um, but, I mean, I do think they were smart to give him the deal. I do. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I think just wings in general get overpaid. Um, 
and same thing with Jalen Brown, just like I was saying, like the, the Celtics, you know, were, were smart to get him um, on, on the deal they got him. Um, you know, I, somebody would have come out of nowhere. Like, again, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies would have come out and been like, we're going to give Torian Prince because we have all of this fucking space. Like, especially if they could have got him on a two-year deal, they'd have been like, we'll give you fucking $50 million over two years. You know, something like that because they just have all this space. Um, and need wings. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately it was probably smart to give him the deal. Um, anyway, that's going to do it. Joel, Jawan, thank you guys, you. Uh, as always, for joining me tonight. It was fun. Enjoy the Knicks game. Go Knicks. Uh, I'll oh. be uh, not watching like it. or really caring, but rooting for your team just <laughs> on behalf of you guys because you're my friend uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, watch the Sixers fucking annihilate the Celtics and hope and pray that these words that I'm saying now don't come back to bite me in the ass uh, on the next pod. Well, <laughs> so I did want to say, shall... did you know, did you know Jimmy was out for tonight? Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Uh, I did not. Yeah. Yeah. They ruled him out uh, for personal reasons. Jimmy Butler's out for personal okay. reasons? Yeah, in case you wanted to tinker your lineup, Nick. Just a heads up. Oh. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's enough people starting. So, I mean, you get 10 out of 13 roster spots. But, hey, thanks for the heads up. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, don't miss a lot of games this year. I'm fucking counting on you, man. <laughs> I fucking took you a second <laughs> overall. So, what like, you, you got to fucking – Cooperate with me a little bit. Um, 70 games, that's all I ask. Uh, but anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we'll see y'all uh, either next week, maybe this weekend. We'll see. Uh, but until then, peace. Peace.